1: And as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen
0: to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it. And goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris working from the gun. Looks out to the right. Now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap. Back to pass. Looks right. Got Case in the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. That's it. Packs the bag. starts the plane. This game is over. How big is that? Two guys who run a 4-minute 40, Chris and Case.
2: Hey, howdy-ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 193, and this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and no longer sick co-host, Case. How are you doing, my man? I'm good, Chris. Uh, I had a very good Christmas, but I got to tell you, I really
1: never quite trusted santa claus really you're uh yeah you, you you have to look carefully at a guy like this he uh, he only comes but
2: once a year <laughs> down my chimney and in my socks Ugh. <laughs> better than up the chimney my friend all right uh today's show we're going to be talking about that vikings game we're going to talk about uh the oc selection process there's some stuff going on there we're going to talk about 9 and 7 not being good enough And we're also going to take a look ahead to the Packers. We've got that and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Ho, ho, ho.
0: Let's kick this off and break it down.
2: All right, time for a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. from I Prevail, I Prevail A lot of great folks out there that are on the Patreon team. Thank you all. You could also join that team, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the most intelligent Lions chat. You are going to want access to that in the offseason. I'm telling you, February, March hits ahead of the draft. And then even worse, as time goes on, first There's no football. You're going to be dying for the right kind of chat. And that's where it's at. And that's slack for the Patreon people. Also, we got a pre-show show show that we do on occasion that people can take advantage of and uh, see how we put the show together and just get some general thoughts of the day from the two of us, which is silly in itself. Join the Patreon crew for as little as a dollar a month and as much as you can spare. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see case.
1: Keep an eye out for the fat man down on the chimney.
2: All right. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. That's YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Hit the notification bell so you know when we go live, we're gonna be doing a lot of that stuff in the off season as well. A lot of here's and there's and little surprise stuff. So check that out and enjoy it. Also rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find us. We love those reviews. The five star reviews in particular. Thank you very much. Uh you want to talk to us about the show and how uh you think we can make it better. Please go ahead and hit us up in the subreddit. That's where we monitor for those kinds of things. And we do adjust and change all the time because it's the community show. And uh, if you're listening to this, you're part of the community. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-Lions. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show.
0: Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit.
2: All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And first and foremost, Case and I would like to take a moment to wish you all the warmest and happiest of holiday greetings. And thank you so much. I mean, we're here 26th of December as we we record this. Another year in the books, Case. um, You know, a little old like Zine playing in the background, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was a it was an interesting year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Boy, it started different than it finished. At least the feelings about this team. Huh? I mean, not just not just us, but the fan base in general.
1: Yeah, we're we're um, we are divided, and hopefully, um, the the holiday spirit can can bring us all together a little bit um, as we enter what will, what will be definitely a challenging and interesting offseason
2: yep yep well for many people this is a very holy time of year and um you look back at the season and as one of the most holy people that uh we know said this season's over so it's all good and we'll move on <laughs> so uh thank you though all for listening to the show and sticking with us you know it's it's sometimes it's tough when your team is doing bad and the things that happened this year happen, and your expectations are dashed the way they had been but um we're still here for you and uh, it's it's great that you guys have stuck it stuck it out with us. And uh, you know, when it's always darkest right before the dawn. That's the way I feel, right, Case? Definitely. Every rose has its thorn. You want to sing along? Well, I need Riz for that. You're not gonna you're not gonna go for that, are you? All right, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> to, a... to me, that's that's really an oldie. To me. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about this game against the Vikings. This was riveting football. This was. <laughs> The I mean, after the first quarter, it was like, holy cow, we could, we could actually win this. And I went into this game case, and I'm not a tank kind of guy. I'm not rooting for the team to tank, right? But I was looking, hey, if we win, the Vikings are out of the playoffs. If we lose, hey, we got a better draft position, right? And that was it. I was just kind of almost agnostic. I wasn't going to get emotionally attached to this game and worked up or anything. But they've done it again every <laughs> It's been
1: for years. Yeah, their hopes up one time after another time.
2: They seem to have a way to get us.
1: If I go into the game thinking I don't care, I end up caring, you know, more a ton because like you said, you know, um, well, I I watched the game at a a Buffalo Wild Wings in Fargo, North Dakota, surrounded by Vikings fans wearing my ugly Lions Christmas sweater. (laughs) Um <laughs> and it was awesome for the first half right up until the last play of the first half. It was very quiet in there and I was the only one cheering uh, <laughs> getting dirty looks from everyone and that changed pretty quick. Uh,
2: so did you um were you uh, uh, accosted in any way or was it a, was it a, a nice group of
1: events? Uh the uh, the closest I came to being accosted was my server was extremely blatantly rude to me. <laughs>
2: It had nothing to do with the game or the sweater, I'll tell you that. That's a good
1: question. I'm not sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. So you you had a good time. They did it, like we said. It was down to that Hail Mary right before the half that, like, really (laughs) – It's just – it's that thing that is the knife in between the ribs, and then they give it the little twist, and you're just like, oh, man, that one really hurt. That might be a kidney. Um, it, That one just stunk, man. They, they had it, and, and it came down to, again, an inability of the offense to move the ball. This is This is not a just this year thing. This is not just this talent thing. There We have talked about the inability of this team to score touchdowns. I mean, last year, the big narrative throughout the year was their inability to score in the red zone. Once they got to the red zone, we couldn't score, right? I mean, this is an ongoing issue for this team, and it, ex- it, was, it exhibited itself very clearly, again, in this Vikings game, that they could have otherwise won.
1: You're going to try to throw the ball to LeGarrette Blunt? I mean, what are you, what are you thinking? (laughs) I mean, and and, uh, everyone was surprised. Zenner is a much better receiver. Why the hell, if you're going to throw the ball to a running back, don't you, you, don't you do it with Zenner or Riddick? You've got better options for that. And
2: I don't, the, this is how Jim Bob Cooter surprises people though. He does. Right. right. Nobody would expect. (laughs) Right. And, and, and,
1: you know, it's, I definitely, you know, sit here and say that I don't I'm sure I couldn't do a better job than Jim Bob Cooter because mm-hmm. just because I can point out what he does wrong doesn't mean that I could do a better job. Right. Um, but I feel like if I I could give him a few suggestions that might. <laughs> <laughs> and I think most people would agree with that, that uh, he, he's. He. There are some things that have happened this year that have just been kind of
2: mind blowing. Hearing um, from so many teams over the years that they knew our plays before we called them, watching the play clock run to the same uh, second or two before we snap it. Just the repetitive first down up the middle, Legarrette Blunt runs. The the predictive nature and and you know I've heard people talk about this a number of different ways. There's a whole, it's, it's not just call the wacky flea flicker on the first play of the game. That's not, oh, we caught him by surprise. right? Oh, we threw right. it the blunt. Oh, we caught him by surprise. That's not the only part of it. But the other I don't team. Know, I like not, those things. I wish, you know, and, and I'm fine with him doing those things. But. The other team not knowing what you're going to do is part of making them have to play the game right they, they if they know where they have to be before the play starts you've already given them a huge advantage if they know yeah. when the snap what the snap count's going to be they have an advantage and and we don't have the people to be able to to take advantage of the what we expect to gain from the longer time of possession by holding the ball longer for the snap count we saw it in the New England game it made sense there but that's about the only time this year that I think we've seen that make sense so we'll be talking more about uh the cooter Mr cooter later and uh and see what we have going on there, so it's um I don't know, I don't know if you have anything else um about the the game that you want to talk about in this one case
1: um okay, so i'm i w- I think we were all pretty you know impressed with the job the defense did through most of the first half, obviously, you give up a hail Mary at the end of the half and and that sucks, mm-hmm. um but at the same time, like and the way they gave up the Hail Mary is more bothersome than than that they gave it up anyway but but i mean i think we were most mostly happy with what the defense did in the first half mm-hmm. um and then they just kind of looked demoralized and and um out of it in the second half. And while I definitely have, um, and, and probably will continue to do so, uh, shielded Patricia from a lot of the criticisms, because I think, I think, I think, you know, there's a broader topic here about, about coaching stuff uh, that we're going to, we're going to get into later. So I'll leave it for that. But, um, I was uh, the only thing that disappointed me in this game about the defense was that Patricia wasn't able to keep them um, highly motivated through the second half Uh, although I do think you know generally he's done a good job of that this year so I'm not sure that that's a point I need to hammer too hard on it just sucked to you know see them give up
2: yeah you know and and I get it, I understand why, and, I, and where the team is, right <laughs> there's, there's nothing really to play for. They, they, you talk about playing for pride, and, and I always whatever, but there, there is an element of hey, these guys are professionals, and even if you're not going to make the playoffs, this is what they spent their whole lives doing you didn't spend you know start catching balls at eight years old to start dry, you know to, to not try to dry, to catch them anymore when you're, when you're twenty eight. You know, unless you're Titus Young, uh, you don't you don't spend your whole life, your whole high school career, your whole college career, everything focused on this one thing, so that in a couple of games, the end of one season, in a long NFL career, hopefully these guys, um, you just give up. That's not who they are. That's not what they're made of. That's not the the fiber or the, their fabric. That's not what you're dealing with here. Okay, so so to think that that's happening. Whatever, but you can see anybody who has spent that amount of time who's looking at where they are and looking forward now because you're not now you're not playing You're not playing this game right now. You are starting to look forward. Okay, well, what does this mean for next year? What who am I up for a contract? What do I have to do to get the contract? Uh, do I want to get hurt now, right? I mean, over something that's kinda kinda meaningless. You wanna see a meaningless game? Go watch the Pro Bowl. You see how people play for that. Um and, and then they talk all kinds, you know, of of, of talk about what, whether they make it or not. But then when they get there, they don't even play. But anyway, so the the thing is is I understand not maybe necessarily being super highly motivated these these last two games. The first half, they obviously were. They obviously were. But you've got to imagine sitting there on defense, grinding your ass out like that and watching an offense that can't execute, just getting smoked over and over and over. It's like if they're not trying, we, we ain't gonna do it. Which kinda leads you to what Ricky Jean Francois said, right? About people buying into the culture of the team. Um, there's a lot of talk about that and I'm <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm going to point over to the offensive side of the ball. I don't think it's a person necessarily or individuals that aren't buying into the team's culture. I think you have a system that doesn't fit the culture of the team. And uh, you have an offensive set of changes that need to happen to be, become the character of what this team is. And we'll talk about that. Like like Kay said, we'll talk about that more and go a little bit more in depth on it. But that's kind of some of the, the uh, surrounding juice around that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely.
2: Okay. Coolness. All right. Let's talk about the draft case. I want to hit you on this. Um, this is, um, I did this with the Riz last week and I'm just gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you number one, first, where do you think we're going to wind up drafting? And then second, give me your one guy, right? The guy you want to take at that spot in the draft. And then we can talk a little more about the draft if you want. Well, I'd love to, you know,
1: predict that we'll win this weekend um, against the Packers, which would probably take us down into the lower half of the top 10. Um, but I don't know whether or not we'll win or not. And at this moment, uh, you know, we're, we're scheduled in at number five, which is the highest we've picked in a long time. Um yeah. And, and, uh, would give us some opportunity if we were to lose, uh, I'd have to double check, but I think we could get as high as number two technically, yes. but more likely three or four. Um, what's interesting and what happens then, um, there's, there's a lot of ways I go at it and, and there are, okay. So first of all, um, I, a few weeks ago when it looked like we were more likely, you know, picking in the lower end of the top 10, um, I was thinking, you know, everybody thinks in, there, there's no chance we don't go defensive line in the first in the first round, but uh, to me, I, I start looking at what Matt Patricia was able to do with limited number of resources uh, at you know edge and interior on the defensive line, mm-hmm. and saying maybe they don't go. Um, defensive line because Patricia can get a lot out of guys he can pick up in free agency um, you know off the street kind of guys he can get production out of because of the you know the way they that that is his specialty and if there, he's done one thing incredibly well this year that's it um, so I'm not, ai I came into this, you know, not a hundred percent convinced that we'd go there now that we've ended up where we are and have very good shot at one of the blue chip guys. Like, you know, if, if Bosa or Williams or Oliver were to follow to us, you know, you just kind of have to take them. But, um, in, 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 for the purposes of of this the thought exercise, there's a few other ways that, you know, you could go. Uh, first of all, They might be in and and the way things line up right now, quarterbacks are not considered that high round picks, but we all kind of know that that's going to change and we all kind of know that that the value on quarterbacks is going to rise. Um, as, as we get closer to the draft, it happens every single year. Um, this year maybe a little less so than past years, just because it's a weaker class. But I, I think it would be silly not to expect some of that to happen. We sit in an, uh, in a position. And every every off season that we've been doing this, people have heard me shoot down the chances of us actually trading down because I just don't think it happens, you know, as near as often as people want to believe that it's going to happen. Uh, but this year, we would sit in a position where potentially. Uh, whoever was most desperate for a quarterback could make an offer to us uh, to move up and it could be a significant offer. Um, so while it's still probably an unlikely scenario, I think this year of any of the you know past five years, it's a more likely scenario than we've otherwise seen. Uh, so just to toss that out there as a, as a possibility. And if that happened, it would open, it would, it would open the doors wide open in terms of what they might be looking for in the first round. Um, if they stay where they are, there's Devin White, a linebacker from LSU, who is also a strong possibility, especially if if those other guys I mentioned are already off the board. Um, and while I, I like the progress we've seen from from Jared Davis, the linebacking core as a whole is still very much a weakness, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, we need one more good uh, non-pass rush linebacker on this team. And if if Devin White could easily be that guy he could easily be you know the, the like uh there i've seen some comparisons to roquan smith i've seen some com- some people say that that's not a good comparison so i haven't watched his tape yet but um when you talk about a, a all but all but sure thing at a position of, of great need that's that's a way they could go there's a couple of cornerbacks who might raise their stock significantly uh that's a direction they could go um there's a you know There are a ton of defensive linemen that they could go, you know, for those guys, I'm not saying they won't go defensive line. I'm just saying, keep your mind open. Um, They would have the pick of the litter of offensive players. Should somebody absolutely blow up um, at the, you know, the wide receiver tight end or, or offensive line, you know, positions. Mm If, if, in, in you know uh, combine you know, or just through various you know pre-draft stuff the the senior bowl that kind of thing, um, they would have their pick of the litter of anyone they wanted on offense um, if they wanted to go that route. And that's, that's so a key um, piece. I mean, well, I think it's still.
2: One of the yeah, things, yeah yeah yeah. One of the things I think that that's it's a key point and this is where we're going to learn a little bit about Bob Quinn. I don't think we know a whole lot about his thinking yet. We're getting better and we're seeing more, but one of the things this will be really indicative this draft is really really deep on that defensive talent, right? So mm-hmm. if it's so deep, do you want to take the top, the pick of the litter on the defensive talent? And move on from there, or do you grab some offensive talent that's popped up that shows really, really well for you and is going to help your offensive side of the ball? Uh, and then you pick up and go some, some of this depth talent. Quinn has been really good so far in the draft, particularly last year at picking up talent late in the draft that, that can perform on game day. Um, I'm interested to see what his thinking is on this. Um, I know Riz was really high on Josh Allen um, as the guy for the Lions and his tape sh- shows really well. Yeah. He looks really, really good. Uh, so definitely, you know, a nice edge rush like mm-hmm. that would be great. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's, it, it's just from a strategic perspective. No, no, no. That's How, how he thinks about this is is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be indicative and help provide some insight into his, his draft thinking gun on go forward basis.
1: Well, and I like the idea of Josh Allen, too, because he's both, you know, he he is a pass rusher, but he can be used in coverage, too. So um, I I would I would agree with Riz on that point. Um, I would be a little surprised where we end up at three or four if he was the guy just because there are higher, you know, um, uh, ranked guys ahead of him. But then again, what do I know about that? Then what, it, what are the websites that I'm reading, you know, know about it, any of that? We, we constantly get fooled by thinking we know what, uh, what order teams have players in when in truth, we clearly do not. Uh, Ragnall being, you know, a great example of that. Um, all I, the only major point I wanted to put out there is that while I, I do think there's a strong possibility of taking a defensive lineman in the first, I don't think it's a given
2: that's all no no and I, and I, like i said if the the defense is so deep why grab someone early why not get uh, someone a little bit more developmental and get the top uh top pick from the offensive side of the ball because obviously that side needs some help and you're coming in with a new offensive coordinator you may need to get him uh, a toy or two uh to play with yeah definitely. So, he can, definitely. so he can uh strategize around what he needs if they do go, you know,
1: defensive line or defense in general in the first, I would not I would be a little surprised if they don't focus, you
2: know, more heavily on on the offense in the second and third round. Sure. But. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, um, just so you guys know, we're kicking off here because <laughs> there's not a whole lot to do with the coverage of the team that's left this year uh, other than the the offensive coordinator and coach watch. Um we're we're diving hard on the draft this year. We're going to do a lot of work uh, work around this. Cases he said he's got a lot of film he's going to watch. He's been doing a lot of research on the outside. This is Cases favorite time of the year. Um I love I love the off season. Yeah. I don't have to worry about stressing out about game day.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's true, man. And I I've, I've grown to to feel similar. I love the football. I love football. I love watching the games, but it's it's very it's become very very stressful. There's a burden now i think on at least for me just needing oh, and, this and, you to know and man yeah, we need to play the podcast and you know all that stuff it's just you everybody
1: i think most people can relate that you know we just get burned out by this time of the year especially if we're not you know uh clearly heading to the playoffs so
2: yeah. and we'll make the fantasy announcements in the next uh show for the detroit Lions podcast fantasy league the dlp league uh leagues and um i i did case just so you know we talked about this a little bit last week or you didn't hear it um i'm i'm in i'm the tops i'm in the money in uh, the fantasy league i had one team that i rigged that i <laughs> uh, mistakenly had auto draft and the other one that i drafted the auto draft team is the one that's in the finals <laughs> <laughs> this is the year i've had it's so <laughs> stupid all right so yeah we'll have that for you folks and uh you will the folks the winners will be notified ahead of the podcast and uh, We'll get those payouts flowing very, very soon. i uh, just waiting for some final information on that. So, all right, good draft info. Um, anyway, of what we're doing on the draft, um, we've got Case doing his research. I'll be doing a lot of research this year. Also, I, I just got my sweet tickets to the Shrine game uh, from my friend at the NFL Network. I'll be sitting up there with Mike Mayock, as he calls the game, uh, like I did last year. Thank you very much. You can uh, kiss the ring, Case, right there. <laughs> so got that and then from there be flying out with the riz to the senior bowl in mobile alabama got our press passes press credentials for that we'll be seeing the weigh-in and um in case you're going to miss out a bunch of men standing around in their underwear um being well, evaluated that's, that's, my, that's like, my everyday life i'm not <laughs> being evaluated like cattle and then the players will show up after that so yeah no it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a good time um and we're going to start like I said, going deep on the draft stuff this year and uh, have a really, really good set culminating in um, our annual draft party. And I can't wait because it's always a good time. Last year, I had to do it. I, I flew. I got up like super early in the morning, flew all day, got home, literally turned on my computer. And uh, 10 minutes later, the the, the draft. Show started. It was crazy. I was like, mm-hmm. I was wiped out, but it was still fun. It was an absolute riot. I loved that. So we got you covered on the draft, and you know, with the draft, with everything going on, you're going to want to pick up your new players' stuff. Hey, you got your gift cards. You got all your presents here from the holidays. You want to get something new? You want to rep your team? Whether it's the Red Wings, the Pistons, the Lions, maybe U of M. I, if you see back there, case I got a Jim Harbaugh signed football for Christmas. My mom hooked me up. Yeah. So, yeah, we got you get all kinds of cool stuff like that. Um, she didn't get it from Fanatics. She got it from Jim because she was doing a, a charity function and got a little extra work in there for me. So she's a sweet lady. But anyway, you go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Fanatics link. Shop link will take you to Fanatics. There's a little uh, graphic on the screen that says Fanatics. Go there. Uh, spend all of your gift money that you got this year on, on that merchandise. And they're going to give us a kickback. And that kickback helps us do the show, keep the show running and uh, invest in all the stuff we do to keep this stuff moving forward. Thank you all who have done that through the holiday season. And uh, don't forget about us when you want to get your new Lions stuff, because uh, we love it when you do that. Thank you. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Fanatics link and go get all of your sports stuff that you want. All right, move on. Uh, Here's a story. And not to be punterific but it's heartwarming Mm. um (laughs) Mm. christmas eve surgery for matt millen uh heart replacement heart replacement think about how amazing that is case just incredible incredible stuff uh successful heart surgery for matt millen on uh christmas eve and you know really good news for him this was, uh, posted by Javid Sanders, 44, by the way, in the subreddit. You gotta also feel for the family because, you know, there's where that heart came from is a family who had an uh, empty seat at the table for the holiday. So that kind of sucks, but, um, good on him. It seems like it's uh the heart is a perfect match and everything is going swimmingly well for, for Matt Millen. So hopefully he'll be up and running again and, uh, you know if if look this is this football's a game right if you if you can't forgive millen enough that you don't feel like this is a good thing then uh, i'm i'm sorry for you
1: yeah and and you know generally speaking when it comes to uh people and their you know essence i, I generally feel you know if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all but it, Millen is, you know, I, I mean, there's nothing that he's ever done that's made me think that he's not a good guy. Yeah, Just, he's yeah. not good at football, you know, stuff. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's, not a, that's not a
2: moral or ethical you know, crime. So. He should be sentenced to death, <laughs> right? <laughs> All yeah. right, so good news for Matt Millen. Hopefully, um, maybe there's a redemption arc for him in Detroit as well. We'll see. Uh, moving on. There's a quote that's been kicked around a lot and people have kind of talked, used it as a, a, a battering ram against, uh, Quinn and Patricia and the team as a whole. And then a couple people have tried to kind of debunk it, but have been a bit, a little bit mealy about it. And it's the, uh, the nine and seven isn't good enough. And, uh, we had a post from Nixie 19. Can we stop with the nine and seven isn't good enough quote. And, uh, it's absolutely out of context, isn't the case? I mean, this is something that we, we really should just kind of put to bed and never hear again after after the show. Right. Well, and
1: OK, so, I mean, he said it and he meant it. But what he what people seem to have taken from that is that he meant that nine and seven isn't good enough this year. And that's you know, that's not what he was saying, because if you listen to everything else he, that he talked about, he talked about the long term. He didn't talk about 2018 being the year that we were going to the Super Bowl. He talked about the long term. He talked about building, and, and it, there were times when he talked about uh, you know potential growing pains and things like that. So if if you are one of those people who's taking that nine and seven quote and making it literal, it's like taking a, you know a religious text literally. It's not supposed to be taken that way, and and you're mm. the one being intellectually
2: dishonest. If you're doing it, maybe not a good example because I guess some texts are supposed to be taken literally. But, but absolutely, I mean, it's it's like taking a piece. It's like, like example, right? I've got I've got a really good one. Take this and and tell me what you think it means.
1: And actually, yeah, four. Uh, uh, well, yeah, no, those are three. Unless uh, I'm, and then we also. So speaking of religious, you know, moments, <laughs> that is literally
2: a string of text from you and it's not cut together or anything. It was like you said all those words in a row, but the my, best part, my, my
1: brain was ahead of my mouth by about like two seconds. The best part about it was, is you
2: were talking about trying to be clear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I've gotten ragged on, you know, oh, a few man. times for my stammering. And, and, and you know, I, it's that's fair criticism. Uh, um, I work on it. I, I try to get better. And the more research we do before a show, the better it is. And, and if I go off on, you know, a, a passionate rant about something, it tends to, you know, immediately drop away. But um, it's, you know, uh, it,
2: it is just what it is. And it produced that perfectly hilarious moments so yeah, that was a good one but that's that's really the case i mean taking something that somebody says and throwing away all the context around it is disingenuous
1: which happens to us frequently <laughs> yes yes, yes. <laughs> in, in comments on the subreddit and it, it, it happens to you know it, there was a i i got in a little debate on the subreddit about um the state of the defense or something like that and you know i was just saying you know that there is Reason to have some degree of optimism about you know various things, um, and the other person you know disagreed. But then you know uh, at the end they tagged one of those remind me bots. Remind me one year, and I get those from time to time. You know people tag me with that stuff and then come back and if I was wrong, you know they they try to mock me, or if they think I was wrong, they try to mock me. But a lot of times there's they if that's what they're doing they're missing a lot of the context where i where i'll never i'll almost never say and you know this and our listeners know this that i you know i almost never take a stand that like this is absolutely what's going to happen because i don't believe in doing that um but uh, it it just it, it, it kind of stifles, you know, all conversation. Then if, if you try to make it about, well, either you're wrong or you're right and there's no middle ground, there's no nuance to anything. Um And, and it's the same thing with this Quint thing. There was nuance to what he was saying, and it was pretty clear that he was not suggesting
2: that this team this year was going to the Super Bowl. Well, and and it's, it's one of the things that it, it makes me really, really happy that I don't work for a lot of these people. Uh, especially on Lions Twitter. <laughs> but it's 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 insane some of the things. People talking about getting rid of Stafford, or that maybe if Patricia got rid of Stafford, it would save his job. What? I mean where where would this thought even come from? with anybody who has any semblance of a tie with reality even the, the whole concept of firing Stafford is, is the dumbest thing I mean everybody is dumber for having heard someone say they should get rid of Stafford
1: it really, well, and, I mean, and it's, if, the, it's the most if ridiculous if you're saying that, that please go look at the cap situation first because that's if, if nothing else if nothing else even if Stafford was playing terribly you know and he's not terrible he's just not playing at his best but, I mean, but even if he was the worst quarterback in the league right now his, his cap situation would almost entirely prevent them from
2: doing that. and beyond that, Scott Warhite made an awesome, awesome uh, point on Twitter. Think about what would happen if if Patricia and Quinn got rid of Stafford. okay just just okay, but beyond the cap, who are they going to get right and, and, and it's like, oh, well, it's not my job to figure out. The train wreck of a rebuild that would follow this would absolutely it's going to take two, three years whatever to dig out of this. They're, Patricia and Quinn are both gone at that point. There's, no, there's, there's it's, it's absolutely hang up the phone, walk away, and be done. Stafford is not going anywhere. Don't be that dumb, and don't react. like throw, Throwing a tent tantrum is really what it is. The, the fire Stafford thing is just like, oh, I'm mad, my team lost. Fire them all. Yes, there's people that need to be fired. Yes, there's people that need to be off the team, and some that new ones that need to be brought in. Absolutely. But this... This is just a dumb, dumb, and I think we'll have thought process.
1: I, I will. I'll, I'll tease this that at some point here, I'll do a full, you know, segment on Stafford and this year, and comparing, you know, looking at his career and where he's gone, and and why, you know, why this year isn't indicative of um, the future mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, But but we'll we'll get we have a long off season ahead of us plenty
2: of time to dig into all of that yep yep absolutely and uh, that being said nine to seven isn't good enough take it out of context all you want we can take things out of context there's this one so it's all good right there's this one I don't get Cooter and of course there's this one (laughs) this guy needs a and I'm gonna find him and just give him a big Right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Now what? I mean, is, 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 are we going to, well, Blandino, he's a whole, his own, his own thing, right? But are we going to go pitchforks and torches on him because he's going to give this guy a big free beep, right? No, it's out of context, right? It's just all a mess. So please, please, this nine and seven isn't good enough. Just stop it because it's disingenuous and it makes you look absolutely like you're throwing a temper tantrum like a child. So, all right, we'll move on. This is something where we say okay well you know whatever this end end result of this season isn't good enough. I think we all agree isn't it? It isn't good enough, right? And there was a good uh post in the subreddit from Edwin, I want to say Edwin the 4th. It's Edwin IV, right? Um, he put the question out there, who are the new OC options? And he he puts it out there and um he talks about well, Patricia's going to want to run first ball control, clock control kind of offense. And then the conversation kind of goes off the track from there talking about like, this is accepted canon as if this is where we're going to go. We we have to stop. We have to stop with this because this is not right. This is, I don't, I I think it's absolutely wrong, but I just think acting as if it is, is, is a hundred percent right and accepted is, is a mess. And I I think we need to go back to go forward here. Case, I want to talk first, you know, maybe what's given people the thinking here, um, how Jim Bob Cooter has been calling these plays and how the, the playbook has been kind of utilized this year. And first off, let's go all the way back to when Matt Patricia was hired. You look at who was available uh, on the offensive coordinator hire list out there at the time. There was nobody. I don't think there was another offensive coordinator hired after um, Patricia was hired to the Lions. I don't think a single one I'm was not sure hired if there them was. On the Team, uh, If so, it was one, and it was like a day after. Um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember what I saw this list, but anyway, um, there was nobody <laughs> available. Number one, okay, because he went to the Super Bowl. We had to hire him very very late, so that's where we were with the man. You know, the the getting a new OC piece. The other side was Matt Patricia shows up first day in the office, meeting the players. Of course, you meet your your your, uh, your franchise quarterback. You shake his hand. How you doing? Hey, let's talk about the team. Let's talk about the direction. What do you think of this offense? You want to be. A partner with him. You want to be a partner in his success. He is the key to the offense's success. He comes in and it, you can go back and look up the stories. They were there. He made a pitch to keep Jim Bob Cooter. We work well together. We know what we're doing. You know, he's got this He's coming off the best season of his career. Statistically. Right. Right. Now. Just put yourself in the seat of somebody who's got to think of HR. You got to think about the tenor of the team. You got to think about you're building a team of people. You've got a guy who you can't get rid of. Even if you thought you wanted to, you can't because he's way too expensive for all the things we talked about already uh, to get rid of. You, you, you'll kill yourself trying to rebuild if you got rid of uh, Matthew Stafford. So he comes in. You need to win him over as the coach, and he's making the play to keep Cooter. There's nobody else available. Your best move, as we've said, is just keep the offensive coordinator, trust your quarterback, give them the rope, let them do their thing, and see how it turns out. Well, we've seen how it turned out. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is and I've seen it now as I've been watching more um, on, on TV when you're looking at the games and you're seeing the, the things going on sideline, who's got the ball when, that sort of thing. But I noticed it first when I went to the game, Matt Patricia is not – involved in calling the offensive plays. I saw it in uh, training camp. You can go back and see my tweets. I was really, really amazed where Jim Bob's throwing a play in before they're even getting up from getting tackled right? That play clock starts rolling after the whistle for the next play. And he's yelling the pro the, the call in Patricia's they're not even standing next to each other. They're in different places in the, uh, on the sideline. And uh, Jim Bob Cooter is running that offense since training camp, since before training camp, he's the one that owns that offense. That is not where uh, Matt Patricia's put his foot. Matt Patricia's probably told him a number of times you need to produce, give me something, make it work. But Everything I've seen is he is not involved. He wants an executive to run that for him. Okay. That being the case, based on his game day involvement, his his training camp involvement, um, what we've seen out of him, what's going on with Jim Bob Cooter is not necessarily indicative of Matt Patricia's thinking. Could it be? Certainly it could be. Yeah. Yeah. But his lack of involvement tells me that it's not. And I think that the, the, the space is absolutely wide open. And even if it was indicative of his thinking, he's a first-year coach, he's probably learned a lot this year about his thinking oh, in yeah, that space, absolutely. right? Definitely. I would expect to see a really strong move that is much, much different from where Jim Bob Cooter is today. That's that's my thinking based on the, the data that I've been able to gather and put together. Um, what do you think, Case? Where, where's your head on this?
1: Well, I mean, I completely agree. I, I think making an assumption that we know what kind of coach Matt Patricia will be when all said and done based on this year is really presumptive and really uh, premature. Um, I, I won't be surprised. And it, it it probably depends a lot on who they end up hiring. And, you know, we're making the assumption that Cooter is fired. And if, if that doesn't happen, boy, I, that changes a lot. But um, I, I'm just going to work under the assumption that Jim Bob Cooter is is his days are, you know, coming to an
2: end here. Do, um, do you remember Tara Lawson? Was he gone before Matt Patricia got here or was he gone after? He was gone... Boy. He was going to be going, right? He was already getting asked to for for interviews and everything else, right? Right. right. I don't I, remember the official uh, official dates on those things. Yeah, I think even on the defensive side of the ball, I think that um, the Pasqualoni hire was one that was kind of forced upon us. Cooter wasn't. Nobody was recruiting Cooter, right? He wasn't right. going anywhere. Um, but I think on the defensive side of the ball, they knew we had to make a change. Well, we talked about uh, several times last offseason. You know, we talked about how, uh,
1: with all the coaching moves that were made last offseason, there just wasn't a lot to pick over left over. Um, So that a lot of guys were on a one year trial. And Cooter was definitely among those guys. Uh, So was, you know, uh, so is Pascaloni. So is, you know, pretty much every position coach that we hired was on a one-year trial because guys got brought in under a circumstance where um, they knew that they probably didn't get exactly the, you know, the um, if they, if they'd been able to make a make all their choices and bring all the guys they truly wanted, they just weren't going to be able to do that because most of those guys were probably picked up somewhere else by that time. Um, so this off season is the off season that they make those corrections. And what I think that will lead to is is a very different approach from Patricia, um, and whether or not he becomes extremely involved in the offense, I, I'm not suggesting that I I have any answer for that at all, and I think that depends heavily on who they end up hiring. Um, but to assume that we know exactly what kind of coach he is and and what he'll be, well, I'm, I'm not, I, I definitely am not ready
2: not ready to you know <laughs> make that. No, no, I I think it would be it's vastly premature to do something like that. So I don't know that one hit me, and I and I just thought that it's it's you can't make that assumption that he's run first no matter what coach that is, that it's not indicative of who he is. I think Jim Bob Cooter is, and I think that's partially been predicated based on the talent he has at his disposal this year. But that's been kind of his his mo for a, for a while, at least for this year. So that's that. Um I've seen some It's kind of like the Mellon thing, right? Look, Jim Bob hasn't been great at football, but he's still a human. being. He's still a person. Let's treat people with a little bit of respect. We can be glad he's gone and, and all that and celebrate his departure from the team. But you know, some of the, some of the personal stuff, you gotta, you gotta shy away from that. People. It's just football. In my case this. This is not the time of the year to be treating people that way. <laughs> right. You jackass. <laughs> oh, you fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, uh, I want to talk about a little bit uh, Amazon. Amazon Amazon.com. You guys got all your gift cards. You know what you're doing. You want to go get some cool stuff. Hold up for one second before you do that. Stop by Detroit Lions Podcast.com. Click on the Amazon link. That'll take you straight to Amazon. No pop ups, no funny stuff. And. you can go crazy you should buy everything you should actually spend not just those gift cards but your whole savings account on all kinds of stuff that you may or may not need and when you do that they'll give us a kickback they give us a small percentage of your your, your, your. Purchase as a kickback, and it's a great way to help the show. I mean, wouldn't you want to I mean, you could donate direct? We have that too, but pfft, why not do the Amazon? Like? that's a great way. You get those gift cards and, and all that. So anyway, head on over to Detroitlinespodcast.com. use the Amazon link before you go shopping at Amazon and uh, help us out by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right, there we go. got that one done. Got a little bit of a look ahead to Dal pack the Packers game. Huge implications here case. Huge. Oh wait, no, we'll always be behind them, won't we in the division?
1: Yeah, um, and I would <laughs> draft position, you know, regardless, I am the kind of person like I would rather the Lions win, you know, uh, every every single week, no matter what, I would rather the Lions win than the Lions lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, especially when it's against a division rival. And especially when it's the Packers. (laughs) So I, you know, it's the last, it's the very last opportunity for, you know, Jim Bob Cooter to raise his, you know, his profile for wherever he ends up going after this year. It's the very last opportunity to, you know, try to avoid injury for guys. uh, But guys who are going on, going on to be free agents, it's their very last opportunity to prove something. Um, it's, you know, uh, there is, um, a a future of, of football type mentality here that will the, will the lions have a, a, uh, how many games against the division will they have lost, you know, in the, in the long run type thing, it would be much better to be two and four this year than one five against the division, especially after they've been, uh, like 20 and 10 against the division in the last however many seasons mm-hmm. which is quite impressive um despite the fact never winning the division <laughs> um they've been 20 and 10 i think it's like the last five years they were 20 and 10 against the division and, but never won it which is actually actually quite astounding but um it, there there are things to play for so i hope that you know that they come and, and play for
2: those things so to stick it to Aaron Rodgers would be great. It's it's I I kinda want them to have this artificially inflated sense of what Rodgers can bring them and uh to themselves without coaching hire, thinking Rodgers is gonna fix everything for them because I think uh putting too much responsibility in his lap um is gonna really melt this thing. It's really gonna cause them some serious problems. So I would love to see that part of it. Um because I really am built to see a long-term 20 30 year packer implosion. And that's that's really my the goal and meaning of my life and that why I was put on this earth. Um, FTP is, is, they look is, is like they're what right I on the cusp of DNA of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean if, if Rodgers were to if Rodgers were to have an if things were to go off the rails again next year for them and Rodgers were to say well, you know what, it's this is not worth it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Or they trade him. They, I mean, they really could be like right there on that, on that, you know, precipice of, of long-term failure.
2: It? Oh, anyway, yeah, FTP is is what I have instead of DNA, and that's uh, that's part of the thing. So, uh, of course, I want to see uh, a win, but boy, that false sense of superiority. The, the other side of it is is a year-ending win after this season for them against the Lions. Might do the same thing, but differently. Might just jab that knife so deep that they really started to play cuz they're screaming <laughs> I thought the the Fire Stafford people dumb were, were were dumb they're screaming fire rogers over there <laughs> trade him away get something for him before we we can we can, uh, we, can uh, we can't get anything right i mean it's insane it's absolutely insane so i love to see that that piece of cheese burning and um that's that so anything to look for otherwise in this game it's going to be cold right yeah is it cold where you are at, case Oh, it's very cold. <laughs> I
1: think it was it was like five degrees out when I drove home from the house I crashed at last night after after drinking a whole bunch of Christmas wine.
2: So the flop house case is that what it is? You're staying at a flop house. Uh. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, we'll call it a show. Thank you. For uh, tuning in this year again. And thank you all for your support as the year goes on. Remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments and subreddit. Give us your feedback. This is a community show. And uh, be part of the community. Let us know what you think. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Detroit Lions Podcast. Facebook.com slash The Detroit Lions Podcast. And follow us on Twitter. At D-E-T Lions Podcast. D-E-T Lions Podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. With some big old icicles on him. <laughs> Look ahead to the next show or two. I think we're going to have something really, really special. That's the only announcement we're going to make, but it's going to be pretty cool. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions podcast or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS 929 335 and be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com to subscribe to the podcast so Case and I and even sometimes the Riz can come in your little box automagically thank you for tuning in and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast remember no pants, no toasters, no problems, it's your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection
0: Final seconds winding down and look at that how big is that Chris and case out of time pack the bag start the plane this show is over
1: Hey Dean Blandino here and I can tell you
0: unequivocally that call was 100% wrong Go Lions